Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. Oh man, I'm so pumped. Today I get to sit down with a very old friend, a little bit like PJ Anderson last week, sitting down with an old friend. There's nothing like that, but this is Sarah Kroger this week. All right. Sarah Kroger that I've had the privilege of knowing, I think for over 10 years, most of our lives have intersected through Life Teen, helping lead summer camps, actually in three different continents. It seems like, okay, Sarah and her husband, Dom, were always sort of following in each other's footsteps. So, you know, whether that's New Zealand or England or now Nashville, even Atlanta for a brief time, there's just been so much synergy and even just real providence around this friendship. But Sarah is an amazing singer-songwriter. She is very much somebody whose music serves the church, especially the young church. And today we get to talk about a brand new album that she's releasing on Friday entitled Light. Okay, so on Friday, October 23rd, this album releases. Today, we get to hear some stories behind the songs, to catch a glimpse of what it was like having multiple producers, including Matt Marr, working on this record with Sarah. So, you know, just let your anticipation rise here for a moment as you catch this little excerpt of one of her newest singles. It's called Monument. Sarah Kroger, welcome to the Love Good Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm not kind of ashamed it hasn't happened yet. It's okay. Seriously. It's totally fine. Such a joy. I think we've known each other. I've known your husband, Dom, for now 10 years. I, I feel, I was thinking about this earlier today. Yeah. I think we met Around 11 years ago. Oh. No, I think the first time I met you, because I had heard about you, you know, you always hear about Jimmy Mitchell. Um, I heard about you at for a while and then at a focus conference mm. like 11 years ago Seriously? first one i ever went to we Whoa. met but that we didn't really like hang out or anything i just That's met you there funny because i would have been i think backstage running mm. av for matt Marr because mm -hmm. that was the new year's eve bash yes and i didn't really so get to fun. experience the ball drop because i was just really? i was the guy back there making it all happen behind the oh stage my gosh, it was epic oh okay oh, just sorry. rub it in rub it in <laughs> that's so funny yeah and I actually would love to hear, like, because obviously there's so many mutual friends. Yeah. You've been doing some epic collaboration lately. So we'll get into all that. Sweet. But can we just have a moment? Like, you're supposed to be in Rome right now. A week from now, we're both supposed to be in England. Yeah. This podcast, we're recording it 
towards the end of the summer when most of our you oh, know gosh. days are full of adventure and travels yeah, abroad excitement but not not in 2020 no <laughs> 2020 is a sad year <laughs> just it's been oh, i don't even know i don't have the words to describe it it's an unraveling for all of us yeah you know you just like don't know what you can really count on right. apart from the love of God. You right. Know? Well, and this is what I was telling you just before we started to, uh, this podcast is like, I feel like the last couple of months have been really, really good in some ways and really, really hard in other ways. Mm. And I'm trying to learn the balance of like, how do you hold both at the same time? Yeah. And embrace it. Totally. I don't know. I don't I don't have the answer. It helps that your husband's a stand-up comedian. Right. <laughs> Basically. We have a lot of laughter in our lives. Yes. Are you okay? Maybe you don't know like a lot about, you know, Myers Briggs and Temperaments. Maybe you do. Somewhat, yeah. I'm so curious. What where do you guys fall? Are you like pretty complimentary? Like even uh, I'm guessing you're more melancholic than than Dom. I'm guessing he's a bit more yeah. sanguine or something, but you're both such a you're a power couple, Sarah. Power so couple. Sweet. There's no two ways to say that. <laughs> we do compliment each other a lot. He's much more level-headed, even keeled. <laughs> I can be very emotionally driven. Yes, for sure. But I actually don't know if we've ever done full-on Myers-Briggs tests. That's the ENFP kind of so, thing. I think so, the four-letter combination. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I definitely fall there. I'm like right in the middle of extrovert-introverted, like right on the nice, line. Nice. I feel like doing ministry has kind of pushed me more towards introverted when I'm at <laughs> home because you're just constantly on when you're on the road, you know? You, you got to recover at some point. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah. yeah, we definitely, I mean, it's a blessing to have a partner in life who compliments me so well. And it's, it's huge. just amazing. And yeah. you get to do a lot of work together, yeah. which a lot of couples can't claim such a thing, right. such a gift, you know? Right. What's the craziest thing you and Dom have ever done together? And I, I don't craziest know that you were on any thing. of his like, you know, skydiving adventures. Oh, or, no, no, no. Doesn't have to be that kind of crazy, but even like, obviously hosting a summer camp at a castle <laughs> in England is in the category of crazy. Crazy awesome. Yeah. What are the, the things that a, a power couple gets to do oh, when one gosh. person is this like beautiful, captivating worship leader, artist. The other is hilarious and so solid in his faith, yeah. preacher, speaker, missionary. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, but like, what? where has that brought you guys? Yeah. It's Give funny because I feel like a lot of people are like, did you plan for this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we got married to be in ministry, to have this like power couple dynamic. That'd no, we didn't. It, we didn't plan it. Just to, to be clear, we met each other in youth group back in the day and just like stumbled into doing ministry together yeah. and then, you know, being married and not having kids yet and being able to say yes to these wild opportunities, like you're saying, like summer camp at a castle in England, summer camp in New Zealand, in the middle of wild, <laughs> untouched, beautiful New Zealand, like these opportunities to travel the world together, doing ministry. Some days I'm like, is this a dream? Is this like, what What are we doing? Mm. Because I feel like so many people don't get that opportunity and I never want to take it for granted. Yeah. I'm forever grateful for the opportunities that we've had in the past. We'll be married five years in October. So five years that we've been able to work together. And like you're saying, there's so many couples who 
wouldn't want to work together or are kind of like that would never work. And for some reason, we are able to do it pretty well. It's not that we're perfect at it. There's sometimes where we've gotten into fights right before going on oh. stage to lead like a worship set or something. I'm like, this is not the time. Um, so we are not perfect at all. But it has been such a gift in my life. Like, I don't think that I would be able to do what I do traveling full time without having a partner who also does it and who can come on the road with me just in our vocation. Like, I just don't think it would work. Mm. So for, for us, it's just been a huge blessing. I have no idea what that will look like in future years. God willing, if we have kids, but right now we're just kind of holding on for dear life and happy about it. And, And that's, what's so crazy is we were, well, not, not everybody. But many of the people that you and I run with, we were yeah. all kind of holding on for dear life. Life just felt like a, a freight train in the best possible yeah. way. And then it all came screeching to a halt, right? Yeah. So you talk about waking up in this dream, like, how, how am I really living this life? This is so beautiful and so right. epic. And then suddenly, whew, you know, it's right. all, at least for a time, put on pause. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that this summer you guys were in Kansas together. And that yeah. was, I'm sure, an incredible joy to suddenly be back at it. Yeah. Only to come home, you know, to an empty calendar. Right. And phew, at Not least some that will end. level of uncertainty and anxiety yeah. about what's coming next. Yeah, definitely. How are you, at least at this moment, holding all that in, in tandem? I think this season has taught me once again that control is an illusion. That you, you know, you go about your life and you plan things and you plan vacations and you plan trips and you just think like, oh yeah, I can control like where I'm headed in life. And it gives you this false sense of security. And I feel like these past few months have just stripped absolutely everything away in a way that's made me have to like come face to face with like, why do I do what I do? Mm. Like, why do I feel called to ministry? Like going back to the basics of it all. And because I, I mean, that's the only thing that I can do, you know, like is just kind of be faced with the reality of our situation the way that it is right now. I mean, I could easily maybe pick up and and do another job right now, try to make money in other ways, but I don't feel called to that. Mm. I feel called that the Lord has asked me to do this for a reason and to kind of stand my ground in that, which is not easy. Again, it's just kind of like this renewed sense of like, all right, I don't have control and I am relying on divine providence. And I don't know what that looks like in the next Mm. few months, but the Lord is continually inviting me into that. Mm. I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't know what these next few months will bring. It's still scary to me. And and I think the thing is that we have to be honest about those things. Like we're, it's okay to feel the way that you feel. Mm. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to feel frightened and, and worried and anxious and like navigating through those things and bringing those things to the Lord. Like I continually try to remind myself, like God wasn't surprised by this situation. Like yeah. it wasn't like he was like, what? What's happening? <laughs> what are we going to do now? Like he knows what he's doing and he knows how this is going to end up. And I just have to continually go to his feet and surrender everything mm. and try to live my life with open hands rather than like clutching on to what I think I know and what I thought was like for sure. You know what I mean? Totally. And that takes so much courage. Just like standing in the light yeah. takes so much courage, <laughs> yeah. which is what this new project is all about. Yeah. Like having the courage and the trust and the confidence in the Lord to just go for it, to yeah. put yourself out there, to never lose hope. Mm. And I think this is actually a a great moment to start talking Mm. about this project because Mm. 
obviously, you're no newcomer to the world of recorded music. I think as mm. far back as 2011, yeah. that's when the debut EP came out, Your mm. Time. And I remember that like it was yesterday. I want to say I our good friend, didn't Neil Roseman use a song from that record on one of our like camp highlight videos? I think he probably did. I can't remember which poppy. one. It was like one of the poppiest songs from oh, Sarah Impossible Kroger. Things. That's, is that from yeah. that record? Yeah. That from that yeah. EP? So good. Yeah. So good. It's very catchy. If you listen to it, it will get stuck in your head. In between mud so pits, messy games, roller coasters, it will get stuck in your head, people. Yeah. Really incredible to see where you've come since then, obviously. Yeah. Hallelujah is our song, 2013. Yeah. Balloon was like a year ago? Two years yeah, ago? Yeah, about a year ago. It's amazing. Yeah. And then obviously uh, there's a bit of a connection or at least a continuation yeah. of, of Bloom into light. Yeah. Tell us about it. I, I know yeah. there's so much that goes into the, the release of an album. We do a tend lot. to talk about the creative process a lot around here because many of our, our patrons are intrigued by it. And in mm. many cases, they, they want to help fund and support that process. Yeah. But for you, tell us maybe first just about these songs and yeah. how it came together with this, this thread of light. Yeah. So it's interesting because my last album that I released, Bloom, was a culmination of like five years of me writing and just going through life. We we had gotten married in that time. We had moved a couple of times. It was just like, a, there was a lot of life happening. And at that time, I really was diving into my identity as a beloved daughter of God. It's something that I had never really spent a ton of time thinking about. It's funny how you could be a Christian your entire life and just not think about things like that. <laughs> like that's a kind of important thing. But I read this book by Henry Nowen called Life of the Beloved. I'm trying to get everyone to read that book. So if you've never read it, pick it up. It's a small book, but it really packs a punch. And for me, it was like this awakening of realizing like I, for years, just lived into lies that I believed, lies that I've been told, fears that I had had, just allowed those things to control my life and how I acted, how I related with the world. And Bloom was kind of like this journey of like discovering how to combat those things mm. and break away from those things and Bloom, really. Wow. And Light has been, I didn't really... This is the funny thing about the creative process sometimes. I didn't really like intend to connect the two necessarily. It just happened because this is what's been happening in my life. So mm. Light is like a response to that album in the sense that now what I've been searching through and trying to do is live in the light of Christ, bring everything that I am into the light, which is an exposed place to be. It's a vulnerable place to be. It's a place where you can't hide very much. And it's a place where you have to learn how to kind of come face to face with those things in your life, like fears, doubts, questions, worries, things that you allowed yourself to be defined by and mm and see those things kind of fade away and embrace who God made you to be. So that's what really light is all about is how do I embrace who I am, who God made me to be? How do I live into that without fear, without worry, without question? How do I show up in that, in a sense? And again, like embrace who God made me to be, embrace the light of Christ, share that with other people. It's been a journey and yeah. it's, it's still a journey that I'm for sure on. But I, I hope that the these songs on light encourage people to do the same with their life. Like mm. step into the light of Christ, leave behind those things that they were <laughs> defined by and embrace the light, who God made them to be and live out of that with truth. I love it. I mean, these last two projects have also had some epic collaborations. Yeah. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to maybe dive into one of the songs from Light. Yeah. 
But Bloom was produced by Audrey Assad. Mm-hmm. Light produced by three different producers, mm-hmm. I think including Matt Marr being one of them. Yep. So Audrey's been on the podcast a couple of times, Matt a couple of times. I think there's even been recent collaboration with John Tibbs. Is that on the album or is that more on the road? That was John Tibbs and I, he sang on a song on Bloom. Sweet. With me, yeah. So he's, he's also been on the podcast, which only furthers awesome. my embarrassment that you're just now, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> we were warming up to this point. It's a privilege. Um, <laughs> tell us about maybe a little bit of that collaborative creative process. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got some some friends, maybe some heroes there that you've been able yeah. to work with along the way. And life in Nashville is still, what, three, four years going now for you about three years Um, it's gonna be a very intimidating place to make music oh yeah sounds like you've been surrounded by people who really believe in what the lord is doing in your craft what he wants to to do through your music because there's just some pretty big names (laughs) tell us more (laughs) it's been super fun it's it's been something that i feel like my entire career or ministry in a sense has been just the Lord opening doors and sometimes pushing me through those doors, sometimes inviting me through those doors gently. I've never been the type of person who's been like, I can sing, listen to me sing. You want to collaborate with me? You want to write? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm like the worst self-promoter on the face of the planet. Um, Which is why you've never made anybody feel cringy a day in their life. <laughs> you know? Hopefully. It's amazing. No, and I don't mean to say that to like build myself up. Again, I'm not a self-promoter, but <laughs> I just... It's been crazy to see, like, it's almost like these moments in my life are, it makes me realize again that God is undeniable, like, to me, because the connections that I've made throughout my life, I I did not make those connections. It was the Lord just, for some reason, in some circles, opening doors and helping me to be introduced to people and just keeping those friendships and... Uh, yeah, it's kind of dumbfounding to me. Like Audrey and Matt led worship at the first Steubenville conference that I ever went to. Wow. And that was a conference where I had my first ever encounter with the Lord, real encounter with God. And it was, I I kind of equate that, like I had never experienced worship music in my life before. And it felt to me like this language that I had never heard, but was somehow familiar And it became like this doorway that I was able to walk through. And it became like the way that I communicate with God was was kind of my experience when they led worship. And so these are like giants in my life who have been able, like you just said, like Audrey produced my last album. Matt and I have written, we wrote two songs on this album together and he produced one of the songs. And they are people that I've looked up to for so long. And it's been just an honor to work with them, to learn from them. I really truly believe as creative, the best thing that you could do is surround yourself with people who are better than you Mm. because it challenges you and it forces you to do better and to want better and to work towards better. So it's been an honor to be able to work with them, honestly, Mm. like probably one of the greatest gifts in my life. So cool. (laughs) You know? It's so cool. It's been amazing. I think a lot of us would take for granted, I think, that there are so many hands, so many hearts, so many heads that are involved in any creative process, you know? I'm not even sure if we take it for granted. I think we just don't really understand it. Totally. And that's cool because I think uh, certainly in my own life, the more I've collaborated, the the mm. greater the output every single time. Oh, yeah. And I think that's also possible in the way that we collaborate within worship and yeah. prayer and opportunities for encountering God. It's like, that's been one of my joys, even, it, you know, being able to be a part of conferences and camps, especially with you, with mm. Dom. It's like, okay, right. The the sum total here is so much greater. Yeah, I think it's really 
powerful and mm. really easy to forget, especially in the Christian life. Okay, yeah, so totally. right, right now, like the the big single that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. um, although there's several, I think I've actually heard the entire album. Mm-hmm. I was one of the the, the few, few, one of the few. I'm very <laughs> very honored. But okay, belovedness is like 95,000 streams and growing. At, at the release of this podcast, it's probably like 95 million streams oh, and growing. Gosh, um, one can only hope. <laughs> super cool. That may not be the song that you want to talk about, but no. obviously you've you've released a few of these singles before the album has actually come out. Yeah, tell us about one of them. I, I mean, I'll talk about belovedness. Let's do it. I, what's interesting about that song? So. I find the creative process really interesting and the writing process really interesting. So I'll tell you a little bit about the background of writing that song. I wrote it with Tony Wood and Michael Farron, two giants in the CCM kind of space. And we were writing another song at the time. And we had had a conversation in the beginning. This is the first time that I had met them. And we were talking about like life and where I was in my artistry and kind of shared a little bit like kind of what I just shared with you about my owning my belovedness and wanting to live out of that truth and what would that look like. And so Michael had kind of put that away in his brain. And in the middle of writing another song, he was like, hold on guys, what do you think of this? And he played the first verse of belovedness. And Tony and I were like, wait, we have to stop everything and write that song right now. It just kind of like came out of us. It just like fell out. And we wrote it within, I don't even, I want to say 40 minutes, which is not the norm. And then went back and wrote the other song. But it was just like this thing that we just had to write. And I just love that so much. It just feels like so true to my story. Mm. Yeah, I just, I hope that that song is a light bulb moment for some people. I yeah. hope that it just encourages them to really take a good hard look at the lies that they've believed in their life and the things that they've owned and that it just encourages them to really own their belovedness. So <laughs> I, cool. I, yeah. I feel like we are having to constantly navigate those lies yeah. and push back, you know, on the noise and the deception, oh, yeah. right? The accusations. I love what you said there. This is not even probably the main thing you were trying to say, but this thing we had to write. Yeah. That's how you describe that moment where it just fell out of you guys, you know? I hope and I pray that everybody has moments like that as their lives Mm -hmm. unfold. That there was this this thing I had to do, this mission I had to be faithful Mm -hmm. to, this work of creativity that I had to bring into existence. Mm -hmm. All that being said, I think most of us look to artists and creatives Mm -hmm. to sort of put language around that. You know, the way that you just said that is actually how many people ultimately discern their vocations, navigate their careers, Mm. decide where they're going to live and land and build community around them. But they might not have ever said, this is this thing I just had to do. It just spilled out of me. Mm. It's exactly where the Lord has, I think, led me in these many, many months of being detached, of having to just sort of hold on real loosely, as you said earlier, and to just give God permission to Mm. move in mighty ways and Mm. to do things with us that maybe we've never even thought possible. Mm. I do feel like that's so much of the story of this album. I want to share just a little bit. Could you say here about, you know, wanting to give people opportunities to remember who they are? Yeah. I mean, music does that really, really powerfully. Stories do that really powerfully. Great films do that really powerfully to help people remember who they are and who God is because we so easily forget. Yeah. What is it that makes us so easily forget in this world that we live in? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) I mean, we're bombarded by noises every day, whether it's the noise of the news media, social media. We've talked about this so many times, like Mm. 
just the noise. There's so much noise in my life, I feel like, on a daily basis. Just things trying to distract me or take my attention or make me feel like, oh, I have to focus on this thing because this is important. When actually, like, if you were to strip everything away, what else could be more important than our relationship with the Lord? And and getting our identity from that place, mm. from centering ourselves on the Lord, who He made us to be, diving into that place. I, I, it's just, yeah, I feel like that's been a huge thing for me in this time of everything literally being stripped away mm. is figuring out how to drown out those noises and really take the time to invest in silence, to invest in kind of contemplative prayer in my life and reflection. I have journaled more in the last, I looked at my journal recently. I've journaled more in the last four or five months than in the last two years combined. Wow, wow. Which is saying something to me. Like this time has been, again, it's been really fruitful in a lot of ways. And I I think that this time is going to bear so much fruit that we don't even know how to pray for or or think into or dream for in the years to come. But it's really about like not being afraid to in, to go in into it, to go into the mess, mm. to come face to face with maybe things like you're saying that we've never had to come face to face with. Like I've just been feeling very encouraged lately to or convicted to repent in my Mm. life and to repentance and to the mercy of God and to really repent and remove things in my life that are distracting and that are trying to take my attention. Like I keep saying, like, just, just focus, just bring clarity and yeah. And light to my life. Well said. I think we are all drowning in distractions most days. It takes a ton again of courage and also vulnerability to cut things out. Oh, yeah. You know, to let the Lord have his way. Right. So, you know, here you talk about even challenging people to see beyond their perceptions, the perceptions of God, themselves, the world, and to ultimately lead them to what is true, good, and beautiful. Well, sometimes yeah. that does involve repentance right. and rejection of what is false and, right. you know, ugly and evil. Yeah. And there's a lot of false, ugly, and evil in the world, yeah. you know? Well, something that I've been thinking about a lot actually is even for my own life, like there's so many lies and fears that I believed for so long that I've been really trying to combat lately, but it's almost like I don't know how to live without those things. Mm. Like I don't know what life looks like without my fear or without this self uh, or insecurity or without, you know what I'm saying? Like I almost don't know how to operate without those things sometimes. So trying to really like figure that out and embrace, it's almost like like I'm a toddler again in some ways, like learning how to walk with, like learning how to have my actual feet underneath me and like a foundation, like a solid foundation underneath me and learning how to do that all over again without those things that have, that I've just allowed me to skate by. So it's been a really interesting process. It's so powerful. Mm. Wow. Because I think <laughs> I think a lot of us are going through a similar mm. transformation. You know, I don't Hopefully. really love this word deconstruction, you know, but I yeah. for a lot of us, it's just this stripping away. Right. You reminded me as you spoke of that lizard in C.S. Lewis's The Great mm. Divorce. Have you I read it before? I, I have read The Great Oof. Divorce, but I don't remember that it's part. It's like at the very, very end, right? There's this soul moving his way, you know, from hell through purgatory towards heaven. And the only thing holding him back is this slimy, disgusting mm. dependency of a lizard mm. on his shoulder. 
And it ends up, you know, being this long, drawn-out debate whether or not he's willing to press forward without the lizard. Now, the lizard represents sin Mm. or attachment. Right, any attachment. insecurity, fear, fill in the blank, you know, anything that holds us back from the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it ends up being like an angel or like a heavenly soul that comes. And with his permission, after a long debate— with his permission, slices off the lizard. Wow. And he's set free, and that lizard turns into a white stallion. He hops on that stallion, I'm getting chills, and then he (laughs) rides off into the mountains where where heaven is, you know? Wow. So I think that's something that we're just never done with. We're never done being stripped of all the junk, all that holds us back. Right. Even if it's a nasty, slimy, I mean, this this thing is not even attractive to the soul who's working his way through purgatory and yeah. detachment and whatever, you know, however Lewis would have just described it. Right. It's painful, but glorious yeah. when he ultimately lets go. Well, you know? I feel like we've talked about this too. It's, it, I feel like we can't deny the power of evil at work in our life and yeah. our, in our world right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the powers trying to distract people and trying to attach them to the wrong things and distract us. And I, I'm like, like continually reminded of that scripture verse that happens in night prayer. The enemy is prowling like a roaring lion, just ready to devour us. Like, <sighs> I, I know that that's dark, okay? Like, maybe I'm taking a dark turn, but he's consistently trying back to light. Like, he's consistently trying to push us into the darkness, Mm. like trying to cause us shame and to question things and to just hide. Like it's easier to hide. Just, it's fine. Like just, let's just like hide, like lull us into complacency Mm. and not owning up to things, right? Like it just, it's clear to me, you know, in these days of hardship, it's been clear to me, like, this is happening. This is at work, you know, in our society, in our world, you can see it at work. And so just, again, continually, I've been trying in my personal life to repent, to fall at my knees and to ask the Lord, where are my attachments? Where where do I need you to come and slice off a lizard? You know what I mean? Like, where, what do I, you know what I'm saying? Like, just so continually falling at his feet. So, and standing in his light. And standing in his light. So, so Trying good. to. Sarah, I'm just like so humbled and excited about this conversation Thank right now. You. And really looking forward to how it blesses all of our listeners, our patrons, yeah. and uh, and your fans who are eagerly anticipating the release of this album. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how we can stay in touch with you on social media, stream yeah. the album on Spotify and everywhere else. What's the, yeah. uh, what's the latest? So the album will be available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all the places, all anywhere the places. that you get music, YouTube, I, I, everywhere. There's um, even going to be like a compact disc edition. <laughs> like a physical? Mistaken, like, like a CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a CD that you can put in, in a CD and, player. And then, yeah, music comes If you out. have a CD player. I don't know if people have that anymore. I do. You don't? Uh-uh. Oh, I have one in my car. Anyways, Dang. yes, there will be physical copies of the CD available. You can find my website pretty easily and that can kind of connect you to all my social Sarah media. Sarah Kroger music Sarah or Sarah? com. Sarah with an H Kroger like the grocery store no relation that's how so you can find all the stuff. good. Everybody get pumped depending <laughs> on when this releases make sure you have saved it pre-saved it yeah sharing it everywhere you know all and uh, with all the people in your life that, that need hope that need light yeah. that need a reminder of don't we all of God's providence and his love in these crazy crazy times Sarah mm-hmm. such a privilege we'll do it again sometime can't wait peace I see the chains around us breaking I see the people unashamed I see revival in the making 
No joke. Sitting down with Sarah Kroger reminded me of sitting down with Ellie Holcomb a couple of years ago. I mean, the feminine genius is just on full display there. So if you were hearing about Sarah Kroger for the first time today, what an amazing opportunity you have to hop on her social media, follow all of her platforms, and maybe most importantly, to go to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, and go ahead and pre-save the brand new album, Light, that is releasing all over the world Friday of this week. Again, it's called Light from Sarah Kroger. There's a lot of amazing singles that she has released in the lead up to this great new project. And you know, live music is gonna make a comeback at some point soon, and you are gonna wanna see Sarah Kroger live. I've experienced her live probably as many times as I've ever experienced any artist live, largely because we've been able to collaborate through summer camps and great youth conferences and other events like that. So Sarah is somebody that is everything you think she is, as good as gold, a heart that is pure. Her intentions are so caught up in divine providence. Like all she really wants to do, especially through her music, is bring glory to God. And, you know, we don't talk about that enough around here at Love Good. We're so focused often on evangelizing culture at large, of really finding ways for beauty to impact the masses. But sometimes it's easy to forget that we too need that constant reminder that we are loved, that our relationship with God is the most important thing, the most defining thing in our lives. And obviously, the only way to truly evangelize culture at large is to first be people of prayer, deep interior lives, utterly convinced of God's love. And then we go and communicate that to the world. What a wonderful reminder today. What a wonderful gift Sarah Kroger is to us all. Again, go follow her socials. Make sure you're pre-saving her brand new album. And next week, I get to sit back down with one of our regular contributors, Father Ryan Adorshan. It's been too long. I always enjoy hearing his insights. Hope all of you are doing well. We are charging into November in no time. And with that comes cooler air, hopefully changing leaves and all kinds of other wonderful gifts of the fall, including holidays that are just around the corner. But one thing that is coming up soon is a presidential election. I'm sure all of us have varying levels of anxiety about that. So let's keep the great United States of America in our prayers, especially in these upcoming days. Nothing but love and prayers from all of us here at Love Good to all of you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.